Vamavadu, my brothers and sisters, what is the meaning of Islam? Who is a Muslim? The one who submits. The one who submits. Very correct. The iconic ayah concerning this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about Ibrahim alayhi salam, where he said, وَإِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْ He said, his Rabb said to him, submit. He said, I have submitted. No arguments. He did not say, let me think about it. I will do it tomorrow. I will do it if it makes sense. Aslam qala law rabbu aslim qala aslam. The reason I'm saying this is because today the society we live in is the exact opposite of this. Complete opposite. 180 degrees opposite of this. Today's society and societal values are literally the manifestation of something else which also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described in the Quran. In Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and also in another place, أَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَى مَنْ إِلَاهَهُ Allah? لا الْإِلَاهُ إِلَاهَهُ يَعْنِي أَشْخَاصِ فِي قُلُوبُهُمْ الْهَوَى الْهِوَايَاتِ مُخْتَلِفِ هَذَا هِوَايَاتِ إِلَاهَهُ آلِهَ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ وقال سبحانه تعالى أَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَى أَفَأَنْتَ تَكُونُ عَلَيْهِ وَكِيلًا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described, described people, that is literally I can say today's society, where he said, have you seen those who have taken their own desire as their God? They worship their desires. So who are the who are the gods or god of such people? Their own desires. Their hearts are filled with desire, different different kinds of desires. And they worship those desires. And, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to his do not. Because the way the, the, the ayat is, uh, is, is constructed, it is asked as a question, but the meaning of the question is, this is a nafi. Allah is saying, don't do it. Allah says, are you going to be there? Advocate, are you going to, meaning what? Don't do it. Right? Now, how does it apply to us? It applies to us by the fact that we received this deen. How? By what method? Anybody? How did it come to you? Huh? Rasulullah he came and talked to you? No, I'm not joking. Yeah, of course I wish. Eh? Behavior. No, no, no. I mean, you are praying here, right? 
you just prayed maghrib salat maghrib three three rakat and the first rakat you started with takbir tahrima you recite surah al-fatiha then some other surah and so on so on. how did you get this seriously think about it how did you get this how did it come to you how did it come to you boss Exactly, right? It came to you through your teacher, through that teacher, through that teacher, through that teacher, going back in history 1400 years, all the way to Rasulullah sallallahu who got it from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Yes. So we got this deen thanks to a silsila, thanks to a complete chain of teachers going back over 1400 years. Yes, so now supposing I come to you and I say, "Look, forget all this. I'm not interested. Believe me, these are statements where people have spoken to me in front of me, so I'm not exaggerating. I'm not interested in all this. Who is Ibn Abbas? Who is Abu Hanifa? Who is Bukhari? Who is Malik? Who is Ahmed bin Hanbal? They are human beings like me." So what's so great about them? That's Ibn Abbas's understanding. It's my understanding. Eh? So I got this hadith, and I will do this. The problem is even the illogicality of it doesn't strike because when the mind goes bad, it goes bad. Because you are saying you got the hadith, okay? So you want to deny everyone and trash everyone, including Imam Bukhari and and everyone. So you got the hadith from where? From where? Jibril came to you. Muhammad Sallallahu came to you. You got the hadith from the same Bukhari you trashed. So how come you trashed Bukhari and you got the hadith from Bukhari? Rahmatullah alaihi majmai. Please understand. Just because. Today, we stand here on this member and we give a khutbah. It does not mean that we are actually fit to stand there. I remind myself every single time I stand here. Every single time I stand here and I say, Allah, you put me here. I don't want to be here. And Allah is witness. In my entire life, I never ever asked anyone, I want to speak. People like Abdul Sattar are witness in, in this dunya for me. Never in my life. And I will never do it until the day I die, inshallah. I make dua. I say, Ya Allah, I am standing here because you put me here, so take care of me. Protect my tongue. So don't believe just, just because you stand here, you make a khutbah or something or somebody tells you lead salah that you are some... No, nothing. Nothing. We owe the deen, without exaggeration, we owe the deen to this long chain of people who gave this deen, who protected the deen with integrity, they kept it, they sacrificed for it. Imam Ahmad bin Hamal rahmatullahi in the time of Motasim and before that his two brothers, 
he was tortured he was beaten he was whipped until a piece of flesh came out of his back they said they used to dress him and the entire hand of the person dressing would go into the wound that wound was so deep why because the khalifa wanted him to give a fatwa to say that the quran al kareem is a is makhluq is a creature created thing and imam ahmad said no this is kalamullah this is not a created thing there were a bunch of people at that time called the mutazila who said allah gave us aql so we will believe whatever comes into our aql whatever my intelligence and my logic understands is true what my logic does not understand i do not accept it so the quran is makhluq and the point being that if it is makhluq then it can be changed it has to be it has to change with time and imagine how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthens and takes work from people in the whole of the and this is the time of abbasi khilafa it is you know it's 15 million square miles of land that's that's the extent of the khilafa it was huge and there was one man who stood against the might of the khalifa of islam one single man as a beautiful story because when the khalifa de- declared so the, the, the his ministers they said to him look you can say what you want you are the king but nobody will believe you people believe that man in madina who is that ahmed bin hanbal if ahmed bin hanbal side with you you are successful nobody will but if <laughs> if he does not side with you you can say what you want nothing will happen so the khalifa said that simple call him they sent troops they came to madina they took imam ahmed bin hanbal as a beautiful story when they came out of madina into the desert and before that story let me tell you what imam ahmed bin hanbal used to make dua when all this finished and so on he used to make dua and his son He says my father used to make dua for a man who was known to be a bandit. He was a very famous bandit, famous highway robber. He used to make dua for him. Ya Allah, give him jannah. So he said, I asked my father one day, I mean, who, <laughs> what is, you are making dua for this man who is a criminal? I mean, he's been he's known in in the whole of the of the Hejaz that this man is a. So my father said when they were taking me out. and they went into the desert he said a man came out of the desert and he held the bridle of my camel and he struck me and he said ya imam ittaqullah he said fear allah so imam ahmad said he said i said i started crying he said i fear allah he said i fear allah the man said i know why they are calling you But fear Allah. Don't say anything which is other than the truth. Speak the truth. 
then so imam ahmed said to him he said i will speak the truth but he said i am an old man and he said i am afraid of pain what will happen if they whip me if they lash me if they beat me he said the man turned around he lifted up his shirt and he said i saw his back he said i've never seen a back like that in my life his back was like a mesh of welts of heel scars of beatings he said the man said to him, he said man turned down he said he said he said to me yeah imam only the first one hurts only the first one after that you won't feel anything then he said he said listen he said with all this beating they could not stop me from disobeying allah why did they beat me because i am a robber right why did they beat me because i am a robber he said with all this beating i still was a robber i didn't stop he said with all this beating they could not stop me from disobeying allah you are telling me that with beating you will stop obeying allah if they beat you you will disobey allah muhammad said rahmatullah so all the pain i got strength from this man's words and that is why i make the offering the reason i'm saying this is today this is a trend and may allah forgive us this trend is even in people who are interested in deen many people i know very interested in they they study they write and they do and they read and so on but because they do not do that in a systematic way this, this is the trend of my khatiras uh, for the last two three days the importance of approaching deen in a systematic manner if you don't do that you fall into the trap of arrogance this are this this kibar and what is the door of kibar what is written on the door in my opinion any time you heard these you hear this word in my opinion run just get up and run away don't listen run away in my opinion rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said tafsir bi rai that is may giving a, a meaning of the quran bi rai faqat that's in my opinion he said you are wrong even if you are right you are wrong even if you are right because you have no right to do that you have no authority to do that we owe the deen because of this people these people and all their sacrifices i just told you about ahmed one person i can tell you any number of such people they gave their lives they gave their blood they spent their entire lives studying the deen protecting it preserving it and passing it on anyone who denies them anyone who trashes them is trashing himself believe me because without the silsila of the sahaba the tabi'in the tabi'in 
all the classical scholars and so on, we have no deen. Right from the Logal al Arabiya, the language of Arabic, right from there. Today, if there are the Mufassirin of the Quran, for example, if they have to uh, understand a particular word or a particular phrase, what do you think they do? They go back to the Sahaba. They said, how did the Sahaba understand this? They don't say, look at it, Lahja Masriya, Lahja Suriya, Falan, Falan. No. They go back to the Sahaba. How did they understand? From the language itself, the grammar itself, how did they understand this? That is the correct interpretation. It's not just a matter of picking up a hadith. This hadith, how was it practiced? How did the Sahaba, what did the Sahaba do with this hadith? Because remember, anyone mentioned in that hadith, today we mention the name. For them, they knew the person. Right? I'll end with one final one. There's a famous hadith of this Sahabiya, this lady. Her name was Umma Waraka. Umma Waraka anha, her family, immediate family, meaning her mahrams. She was the one who knew the most Quran and she was the one who knew the deen the most. And this is early, early days. Others didn't know. And she lived and they lived away from the masjid. In another part of the place. So she asked Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, we have to pray and so on and so forth. So can I lead salah for them? Because nobody nobody else knows what to do. They have they don't know, you know, anything. Nabi permitted her. He said, Okay, do that. Now today there are people who say women can lead salah, women can do salah, can can do khutbah of Jummah. And the men and women can pray behind. There are massages here in this country and many places in the world where men and women playing ikhtalat complete. Man, woman, everyone sitting together praying behind a woman khatib. And this woman khatib, she is giving this dalil of this hadith. There's a classic case of nonsense. That's where, that's where I began. What is the meaning of Islam? Submission. There's no submission in this. This is me. Ananiyat, in my opinion. Here are the hadith. What is the correct way of, of approaching this? Yes, hadith is true. But how did the Sahaba treat this hadith? If women could lead Salah, who was more qualified to lead Salah than Ummuna Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha? A woman about whom the Jamhur of the Muslims, of all the scholars, they say we owe 25%, one quarter of this deen we owe to Aisha Siddiqa. A woman for whom Allah revealed Quran, ayat of Suratul Nur came for Aisha Siddiqa. The daughter of Abu Bakr as Siddiq, Khalifatu Rasulullah, the only one who had that title after him from Sayyidina Awar ibn al Khattab, it became Amir al Mu'mineen. But our Siddiq, not a, he's Khalifatul Rasulullah. Hey? His daughter. For whom Allah revealed Quran. Sahaba, big, big Sahaba used to go to her for fatwa. Her fatwas are there in every book of fiqh. Did she ever lead Salah? 
Never. Not even Nafil Salah. There is one narration to say that in her house, sometimes she would, for in Ramadan, she would have Qiyamul Layl and she would get, there was one of the slaves who used to, who was a Hafiz Quran and she would get him to lead Salah and the women would pray behind. Umm Darda anha was a great muhaditha. She used to give dars of hadith. She would sit on the member of Nabi Sallallahu and give dars of hadith and the men would be in the front and women would be behind. And at time of Salah, Abdul Malik bin Marwan who was the Khalifa, he would come and he would lead Salah. Now here is this Ustada. She has just been teaching you hadith you are sitting here, listening to her, taking hadith from her. So when the time of salah comes, why can't she do the salah? So who understood the hadith of Umm Waraka better? Umm Darda? Umm Aisha? Radiallahu anhuma? Or you and me? Because they knew who is Umm Waraka. Today for me and you, Umm Waraka is a name. Is a name. But for them, they knew the person. No, they knew who the person is. So how come they didn't do that? How come they said, no, no, of course, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has allowed Allahu Akbar. Line up behind me. Istawu, istakimu. No, 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 no. They understood the hadith. They understood the issue that in cases where Rasulullah specifically Gave somebody a permission that applied only to that individual. That was not something to be taken as a hukum for the jaghur, for everybody. They understood the principle. So please, be interested in deen. Please learn the deen, but please understand. Like anything else, whether it is medicine, whether it is surgery, whether it is whatever it is, right? Whether it's driving a car, there is a system. Exercising in the gym, there's a system. Just go grab weights and you have, you have a broken back. There is a system. Follow the system. Don't go outside the system. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to do things which are beneficial for us and others and to save us from that which does not benefit us.